There we are. I see you. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 147, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news when OBS, Discord, and Zoom all decide to cooperate. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or watching us on the replay or checking us out on Anchor.fm where you can now grab us in podcast form. Uh, if you've never seen the show before, we are uh, stream once per week. We talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes Star Trek. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show. However, it is a family-friendly show in both language and content. If you are drinking along with us in the early moments of the show, let us know in the chat and we will give some shout-outs uh, as they come up. Uh, all Super Chats are read on the air so long as they meet our family-friendly criteria. And if you want to get on to the super secret chat on the Discord and get part of the after party, you can join the Patreon. Link is down in the video description below. Minimum donation of $1 gets you access to the exclusive Discord server. Where you can chat with myself, Rhett, John, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, uh, any time of the week, and keep the show going. I think that is my smoothest intro yet. <laughs> really good. Thank you. Getting my radio self on right now. Oh, after that little bit of a false start, I think we're live. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. It was getting a little a little tiring typing uh, the show out for everybody. <laughs> I, I, I just hope you have a newfound appreciation for how much I actually do work on Wednesday nights now. <laughs> you know, I think it it's kind of a nice thing. It's, it, it's given insight into what we can do to make the show more accessible, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, typing it out is not going to be one of them, but, uh, you know, it's a thought. <laughs> yeah, for, for all of our, uh, our TTS viewers out there, you know, hearing impaired, uh, we'll try to do something, but that's not going to be it. <laughs> oh, uh, drinking, but uh, Novella Hub here went ahead and gave us a super chat for it anyway. I didn't call it out on the stream, so what am I talking crap for? <laughs> Nevada Hot Bullet, double IPA. Eight Heck yes. Can never go wrong with Sierra Nevada. No, you really can't. Um, and is it just in my headset that the Discord pings are coming in on, or does everyone else hear that? Because it's driving me nuts. But um, but um, but um, but um. Say, I don't think it was me. You know, let, let it's, me. It's rat because I just closed Discord entirely. So, let me tell you guys. <laughs> the power here, uh, which is that I'm using a mixer, which just essentially acts as a glorified sound card yep i'm really sorry about that <laughs> um, boom boom sweet now I, I won't know if people are talking but hey yeah that's how active our discord community is so you should totally join in yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you pointed that out because I, i'm hearing it but i was like oh that's just me oh it's just me no no it's coming through <laughs> I thought it was me for a while because that's actually how I capture your audio is I pipe it through my speakers and then it captures it inside of OBS to rebroadcast for everyone else. Uh, um, and so for a while, I thought it was just my Discord going off. But no, Rhett was the culprit this time. Got a lot of sound wizardry going on over here. <laughs> wizardry? Is that what we're going to go with? I'd like to think that I am a wizard. And if a sound wizard is where I have to settle, so be it. I think that's a fairly good place to settle for wizardry, although I will say as far as my wizardry goes, please do not pull back the curtain or pay attention to the man's feet underneath it. <laughs>
Or in my case, being six foot five, the man's head poking out the top. <laughs> Not a short wizard. Down is showing. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway, oh, what are we drinking tonight? Rhett, you want to go first or should I? I'm drinking a McMenamin's Ruby Ale, a refreshing light ale, piping in at 4.10%. has hints of grapefruit. It is the perfect summer drinking beer. Sir, you can have one, two, heck, even three of these and uh, enjoy your afternoon in comfort yep uh let's see i'm not sure which one i'm going to start with but i am going uh hometown favorite here i'm going uh both of mine out of eugene oregon um which by the way i am from eugene so uh first up is uh Ninkasi, total domination ipa always a classic um and then i've also got from hop valley bule bule uh which is their 8.3 percent ipa um, I think I'm gonna start with a little bully bully. So, I've actually never had this particular IPA from them before. So, I'm hoping it's good. <laughs> Where's a bottle opener when I need one? There it is. You think I of all people would have one within arm's reach? Oh, let's see. What kind of stuff are we drinking in chat? Obviously, Novella Hub's got the Sierra Nevada Hot Bullet, which is a fantastic IPA. Um, uh, New Holland Dragon's Milk, Sur- Surly Furious IPA, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, Founders All Day, and S- Old Smoky Salted Caramel Whiskey. Uh, maybe it's a bit it's a bit uh, too much, but it's all good. Uh, that is all quite good and all quite high ABV, my friend. Um, except for the Founders uh, being the, the four... Four and a half percent session IPA that they've got there, but the rest of those are trending double digit. So I hope you don't drink that all in the two hour period during the show. Otherwise, I don't think you'll make it through. Uh, that was from Steve. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lethal Res- Resonance. Uh, uh, Friends Encounter. Uh, Vice Beer. Or Friends Encounter. I think is how you say that. Uh, let's see. The pings are all the NSA. They know, uh, and they know where you live. I know they know where I live. You know where all of us live. Yep. If they've been paying attention to my Home Depot buying lately, they probably know where I live. We were having the conversation earlier on the Discord about, uh, um, because I posted a picture of my, my Home Depot shopping spree today, which has nothing to do with the parts that I actually bought. Um, because, uh, I walk into a store and they're like, can I help you find something? And I said, yes. Can you tell me where this particular item is at? Oh, you know, how are you going to use that? Let's not ask too many more questions because I'm not using it for its intended purposes. I know it will serve my intended purposes and I mean, no offense here, but you're of no more help to me. (laughs) I've already walked down this path and there's no coming back. You like Walter White when he uh, goes to the uh, hardware store for the first time to get all the gear he needs. Yeah. Um, I need a I need a garage door opener, two 10 millimeter spanners, and, and a bike crank, please. 
I do need to amend the record. I said that uh, the ruby was uh, grapefruit ale, but tasting it, it's not grapefruit, and I'm suddenly remembering that it's actually raspberry. Oh. It sounds like ruby a ruby raspberry. But it is. It's still yeah. Awesome. So went ahead and went with the uh, the bully bully. Mm. It's the Ron Swanson. I'm smarter than you. Uh, uh, can I help you, sir? I know more than you. Uh, I, I do that. I try not to do that. I try not to be that guy. <laughs> but it, but sometimes it's like, I'm just here to buy things. I already know what I ha- what I need. He does it in a pirate costume, too. That's the best part about that. <laughs> yes. Or associate, and you're like, great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably my favorite reference for that is actually way before Ron Swanson and it was a family guy reference where they're having the, the feuds between the families and uh, uh, Peter and Lois walk into the hardware store and uh, like we're having a little problem with home security do you have those like little round metal things that when you step on them they explode <laughs> landmines it, landmines it was landmines that's right <laughs> got any of those around <laughs> yeah uh, let's see any other chats and then we'll get into some news here uh, Sakura is having some coffee uh, Kildai is having uh, Widmer Hef uh, Papa says my life loves the ruby uh, second only to purple haze oh I love the purple haze purple haze is good I've not had the ruby but the purple haze is pretty solid yeah, purple haze is way better than the ruby so yep. that's you know I love the ruby but purple haze is good yep uh, far away thrower. I'm I'm building a whole X79 PC for less than 400 bucks. Really neat parts I've been finding. There are still some great deals out there. Um, so I'm back and forth. I've gone back and forth on the channel of whether or not I recommend doing refurb X79 gear, and uh, and that's because the prices always seem to go back and forth versus what's new and what performance you can expect out of them. And uh, when I started the channel, you could get a six core 2667 for like 45 bucks. That was a great deal because Ryzen had just launched and while you didn't get quite the six core performance, you also weren't spending $220 on a Ryzen 1600. You were spending, you know, $45 on a CPU that was 85% as good. Um, Well, flash forward, partially because of my video, I think, uh, the 2667 like doubled in price. All of a sudden it was 120 bucks. It's like, it's no longer such a great deal. And all of a sudden now the eight core and 10 core chips are dropping way, way below the market value they were when I started. Like you can get a a 2689, uh, which is an eight core, 2.8 gigahertz chip. uh, I think for like 50 bucks right now on AliExpress, like it's crazy. And and it's like, well, it's slower than a 1700X. Yeah, but it's eight cores for 50 bucks and it's still relevant enough, especially if you're putting other budget components with it. Is it going to drive a 2080? No. Is it going to drive a 1660? Yes. <laughs> It'll be just fine. Uh, People in the Discord chat are saying that I am very quiet. Uh, on my end, or you want to? Can you do something about that? Or are they mistaken and they're crazy and kick them out? Your of- levels on OBS, and I'm just um, for those who don't know, I judge everything by meters. Um, as in, I trust my color meter because I'm colorblind and I trust my volume meters because I'm half deaf. (laughs) So you sound good to me. And according to OBS, our levels are peaking at virtually the same level. So I don't know if it's tonality or EQ, 
I don't know if you need a little bit more treble in there to make you kind of cut through a little bit. Well, um, that would be my guess. I don't know. I could do a lot of things. The beauty of having a mixing board. Yeah. Uh, I would say give yourself a little more trouble because you seem a little bass heavy to me. And maybe that's causing some people some uh, some hearing difficulties, depending on their sound setup. Yeah. Well, I got the low completely cut. So one thing that I am noticing, though, is that my meters on my hardware uh, barely registers me. So I don't know mm -hmm. if that matters, but it should be like if it's coming through on OBS and it's like getting through that, like it should be good. So, so I have my volume in my ear at 40 <laughs> and in inside of OBS, the levels it's outputting are identical to the levels that I'm outputting from my mic. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, I can give you a little bit of a boost because I actually do have a, uh, I have both a gain and a compressor on there. So tell you what, I'll give you two clicks. Uh, some people in the, in the YouTube chat are saying it's fine, but yeah. Uh, says now here that it is a little bit low, even with headphones on. So I, I don't know who to believe. Okay. Well, I gave you a, I gave you a plus two in gain. Um, now I do have a compressor. So if you yell, I'm hoping to not clip and I run a compressor on mine as well. Um, so the levels are identical, but maybe you were just a little bit too low still. So we'll see. All right. I'll we'll see if that helps. Do it too. Cause it is, it is a pretty directional mic. And some people are saying that it seems to correspond with me pulling away from it and all that. So very, very much could have to do with that as well. All right. Uh, I don't see any more alcohol in the chat there and seeing as how we spent 15 minutes just kind of BSing, uh, let's get into some news, shall we? Let's do um, it. now the reason I was okay meandering through the, uh, the, the weeds there was because there's not a lot of news. We're going to talk a lot of, of Nvidia Ampere today. We have a small update to Apple versus Epic. Uh, we have a little bit of beer news and I think we have some FPS news like like FPS counter, like frames per second in a game. <laughs> and that's about it. So we may we may do a little wandering today. Just fair warning. Yeah, I like it when we wander, though. That's right. Especially when Rhett wanders. Rhett, Rhett gets us onto all kinds of tangents. <laughs> My greatest weakness. <laughs> all right. Let's get into it. And that is uh, really with some of the biggest news, and that is uh, MSI has just registered 29 NVIDIA Ampere cards um, as far as being retail ready and ready to ship. Um, there we go. And uh, these are all cards that are now registered in the ECC database, EEC database, excuse me, um, which is the European Electronic Commission or whatever. It's their equivalent to the FCC. Um, but uh, 29 models from MSI for RTX 3000 based SKUs have now appeared in the EEC. Um, and we seem to have some possible SKU numbers with uh, a V388, a V389, and a V390. Uh, now this could be RTX 3070, 3080, 3090, uh, but there's not a lot of information really 
what the cards actually are um, outside of the SKUs. All we know is that they've received regulatory approval and they're now in the list. <laughs> but the fact that they've received regulatory approval means that launch is imminent. The cards are designed. They have been released to manufacture. They are being OEM'd as we speak. They have already been gone through all the testing and uh, they should be dropping soon. Now we do know NVIDIA is having a an event on the 1st uh, slash 31st. Uh, so sometime between Monday and Tuesday, depending on where you live. Um, I think it's on the 1st at like 6 a.m. for me or something like that. So that's going to be an early morning. Um, but hey, I'm self-employed. So the sacrifices I make for you all now. I have to wake up early. And speaking of sacrifices, I spent the last four days sitting in a lawn chair by a river. So I don't know. It sounds like a pretty big sacrifice to me. It was. It was a. It was a long, difficult four days. But uh, my boss said I needed some time off, so gosh darn it, I took some time off. Gosh, it was wonderful. What a guy. Mm-hmm. Was that boss going to give me some time off? I don't know. You should talk to her. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we were when I saw the the news that. MSI had these cards already loaded. I was hoping for a little bit of news potentially on naming scheme, like confirming a naming scheme. Now, we kind of know that the 3090 is going to be the the high-end SKU, and we've seen shroud pictures of the 3080. Um, but is that the naming scheme they're actually going to go with? Is Are they going to do any TI business at the beginning? You know, what's actually going on here? Hopefully they don't launch with the supers and then you know, double down with the super duper launch six months from now, because that would suck. Um, but uh, yeah, not a lot of information on what has been released, just that something is ready. Something is ready. Um, let's see. Oh, sorry. Here's yep. Twitter, which is dangerous territory for me. Yeah, actually, I'm going to skip those two because we're going to do all the RTX talk at the beginning. And for some reason, they got split on my notes page. So we're going to just jump right into the next NVIDIA story here and uh, save the the Apple and whatever the other one was for a little later. Uh, there we go. All right. They are now moved in my timeline. Kind of. Maybe. There yeah. we go. Okay. Now they're moved. Uh, this is nothing if not a professional show. <laughs> What's funny is for about four months, I was actually better produced than most live shows on network television. So. Oh, yeah. Nah, you still are. Don't let, don't let yourself down. This is just, <laughs> just the growing pains of the, of the remote taping. Yeah. Well, however the show goes, I have my producer to thank for it. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so we actually do have what seems to be a confirmation of some of the early specs of the rtx 3090 and 3080 um 
This has been up in the air for quite a while. Number one, what are the cards actually going to be named? Is the 3080 going to be the top of the line? Is is it going to be a 3080 Ti? Where's the Titan? Uh, 3090 sounds has sounded possible for quite a while. Um, well, now we have some confirmation. And that is that the 3090 will be the new flagship card at 24 gigabytes of GDDR6. Uh, and the RTX 3080 will receive 10 gigabytes of GDDR6. Uh, and this is per uh, Dark Side of Gaming. And I also saw pretty much the same exact article over on videocards.com. Um, and I believe we'll actually reference that that article later on because they have a couple more uh, unconfirmed specs uh, that we're going to dive into. Um, so, yeah. For those who have been looking for a little bit of an upgrade to video memory, high-end video editors, um, you know, CAD people, CAD people as if that's a brand of people, uh, <laughs> you know, graphic artists, etc., um, CAD designers, this might start to get you a little bit of reprieve because the max amount of memory you've been able to get into a graphics card until recently uh, has been eight gigabyte on the RTX 2080, 2070. You go back to the 1070, 1080. Um, you can get 11 gigabytes out of the TI models of the uh, the 1080 and the 2080. Um, and then AMD did launch the, the Radeon 7 with 16 gigs, as well as the Frontier edition of the Vega 64 with 16 gigs, but those were kind of fleeting, few and far between. Um, but beyond that, you've had to go quadro to get to get 16 gigabytes or 24 gigabytes of video memory into a card with the same processing power as the consumer versions. But you're also paying all of a sudden $4,000 for a graphics card that in all rights probably should have cost about $800. Um, you know, there's always been a little bit of that quadro tax and professional graphics card level tax. Um, so very, very exciting to see what kind of is a consumer level card. We'll get into that again because there's a predicted price on this 3090. And it's not cheap. <laughs> um, but uh, a card with 24 gigabytes of VRAM in the consumer lineup. Um, so speaking of the price, supposedly the 3090 going to be about two grand which is more than I spent on my first three cars <laughs> combined. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually it's dead on almost. Uh, I spent $800 on a Geo Metro 1993 Geo Metro. That was my first car um, followed up by a uh, that car died. And I think I spent $300 on a friend of a family friend's uh, 1982 Ford Escort, um, which ran for about three months. So I rented that car for $100 a month. Um, <laughs> uh, also spent $50 in registration. So we might as well add that in as well. Um, and then I think I spent $1,200 on a 1991 Mazda 626. And that was my first manual car. And I loved the heck out of that car because it was a 1991 Mazda 626 GT, which was the turbo model. So it was the ultimate sleeper car back in the early 90s. 
But long story short, I spent $2,100 combined on those three vehicles. Um, this You're is not- a graphics card in the consumer lineup that costs $2,000. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, that was early 2000s money. Yeah. <laughs> Very early 2000s money. Like 2002-ish money. <laughs> now, I obviously, I am not a first round adopter. <laughs> I tried to hold that in, but, you know, they eke out occasionally. Everybody knows. But, but continue. What was your point, sir? I was I was just gonna go into like the price point and and all that sort of thing and you know obviously you're getting a boost in performance but and you know I don't know I I can already hear your response about Halo products and all these sorts of things so I'm inclined to just stop talking no please continue because I I don't know that that's going to be my response to this one but see I have a hard time when these uh, sorts of uh, specs come out thinking that this is going to be i naturally just gloss over these because they're not going to apply to me for a long 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 time and it's doubly so with rtx like how long has rtx been a thing and it's still not widely adopted into almost any game like the lineup of games that it is in is the same lineup of games that it was in when we tested it at pax like right years ago right oh no because now we have uh Gosh, what is that? Uh, Control, which is a full RTX game, which is like the only game with full RTX features. And I mean the only game with full RTX features. Um, And then we've also got DLSS in in like five or six games. So it's not the only, you know, it's not the original seven. You know, we've got like 11 or 12 games now. I'm pretty sure the list 12. When we played Metro Exodus, the list was 12. I think you're right. (laughs) Because some of them were canceled. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, beyond some of the users that you outlined, like, who's going to be jumping on board with this? Like, uh, Flight Sims 2020 enthusiasts. <laughs> Again, other than the people that you already outlined. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. You look at where you need to be at to get it. And then then the fact that, you know, RTX has been pushed so hard for two years now and it's not gotten anywhere extra. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It seems to me, could this, obviously you do get some sort of um, performance boost with the RTX cores and things like that. But uh, it seems like perhaps the card would be more successful or consumer-friendly without the RTX. Right. Um, That's what kind of has me excited about this lineup of cards. Because these are going to be RTX cards. But if all the rumors are true, um, this is a CUDA core first, so CUDA silicon first with RTX silicon as a coprocessor, which is something we've not seen on the market for quite some time. Coprocessors have kind of gone 
you know, the way of the dragon as far as um, inclusion into mainstream components because we're all about SOC anymore. It's all about, you know, system on chip. How much can you cram into a single die? The problem is... What happens if you're not very good at building one part of that die? Well, all of a sudden you have to bend down what might have normally been a better part because one-fifth of your components don't meet the specs for that higher bend part. Um, and so, number one, I think that was a reason for the what, what were essentially price increases on the original RTX 2000 series lineup were they were getting terrible bins with either RTX or Tensor or CUDA or all of the above. And so all of a sudden they're having to, you know, undersell what could have been an, an RTX 2080 Ti chip as an RTX 2070 or 2060 and cut that die down because a component of that didn't flesh out. Um, and that's exactly how we got the RTX 2060 KO. Uh, the EVGA card, which is a cut down 2080 die with only the enabled number of CUDA cores for an RTX 2060. Um, likely because the RTX cores didn't, you know, were, were not up to snuff. Um, so if they are in fact building a coprocessor that could number one, drastically cut prices, which uh, by the way, Shane, I am reading uh, what you're saying in the comments. Uh, so Shane has said, that it's possibly confirmed that the RTX 3090 is going to be priced at $1,400, um, which is still a price increase from the from the 2080 Ti, and it's still a pretty dramatic price increase, almost double from the 1080 Ti. Um, are you going to get double performance for that money? I don't know. But um, I could also see 2000 as being possible because we're also talking about a company that and I've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, um, they're stretching the mark for what consumers are willing to pay for those Halo products. <laughs> I had to sneak it in somehow. Um, uh, but, and I've compared this to Apple and Samsung and whatnot, you know, pushing the bounds of what people are willing to pay for a cell phone, you know, because there was a time when Apple came out with the original iPhone and they said, $699 launch price. And people went, oh my God, who would spend that on a cell phone? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's $300 with the contract. Yeah, but still it's $300. And all of a sudden, two and $300 kind of became the norm with a two-year contract agreement to buy a phone. And then that price started going up a little bit. And then they killed the the dealer subsidies. And so all of a sudden, AT&T and T-Mobile and, and all these other companies were not pitching in to sell you a phone and rope you in on a contract. Instead, they were making you pay full retail for a phone and still sign a contract, which by the way, our cell phone prices never went down after the subsidy started happening. So if your bill didn't go down by $700 year over year, you're getting screwed. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and on that tangent... Roping back around. Um, completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Halo product. Oh, yeah. Uh, so stretching the mark that people are willing to spend on a consumer product. Um, when I bought my 9800 GTX Plus graphics cards, I bought two of them. And I believe I paid $479 each. Those were the titans of the day. 
those were what we consider twelve and fourteen hundred dollar graphics cards today. I spent nine hundred dollars on two graphics cards for a single computer in two thousand eight. That is mind-boggling for that day. And now today, that's less than a ten eighty Ti or less than a twenty eighty Ti, and it's less than half of one of the reported prices of what the 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 thirty ninety is going to be. So what we're seeing here is number one, more power being crammed into a smaller space, which I am absolutely always for. But number two, how much are people willing to spend? Yeah. And that's where I factor out of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's... If I were not doing this for a living, I would factor out of that equation anymore. The only reason I spent that money back in the day was because I won a contest and won a $3,300 Alienware laptop. And I sold the laptop on eBay and then spent the money, spent half of the money building myself the most crazy PC I could possibly build. Um, and, uh, and then used the other $900 that I had left in taxes so I didn't have to pay the taxes on the laptop. That's the only reason I built that PC. And since then, up until, you know, this year, um, I've been a, a bargain hunter and, and that's why I got into the X70, you know, the Chinese X79 stuff was I'm not going to go out and pay full retail for, uh, you know, 9,900K. That's never, that's never been my game. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy that kind of technology. But, you look at my desktop right now. Uh, my desktop right now, I got a uh, used and returned motherboard to fries on the Threadripper platform for 140 bucks, and I think it was because of a pricing error, which is the only reason I bought into Threadripper in the first place. I bought the 1900X, which was the cheapest processor to get into that on, and then two years later, I bought a used processor on eBay. I bought a, a 2950X. Um, after the, the 3000 series had already come out, knowing full well I wasn't going to get the performance of the 3000 series, but for 460 bucks, which is what I paid for this new processor, it's still going to be mind-blowingly good for what I'm doing. I, I've really never been a go-by-the-top-of-the-line. I'm by the second-generation, you know, hand-me-down, you know, taking advantage of the people who think they need to upgrade every year. That's me. <laughs> You're one of us. Right, I am totally one of you. Um, so, after that, the way he said it, <laughs> right? And it's not that I'm not an enthusiast. I totally am. You know, no, nothing, nothing makes me more excited than than seeing more bar graphs on my my task manager window, uh, and or seeing you know 128 gigabytes of RAM, even though I know it's only it's almost two generations old at this point. And yes, Rambo is here. Uh, and there he is. <laughs> um, he's refusing to come on camera for some reason so he's standing on one of my PCs and just yelling at me but but I've, I've never been a, a go out and buy brand new components at full retail price until it was kind of my job to go do that and even still for like my personal like high end stuff I still don't go out and buy the brand new stuff I still find the used deals and I'm a year late on everything, and I have no shame about that. 
I'm hoping to get a 2080 Ti sometime this year. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. So, some Flight Sim 2020 enthusiast who goes, I just had to upgrade, and here, I'll give you this for 400 bucks. Sold, good sir. <laughs> give me a case of beer and call it good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, all that said, um, that actually leads right into... I kind of wanted to talk about the pricing of of the next uh, series of graphics cards from NVIDIA. Um, and the stretching of what is average, what is enthusiast, and what is crazy. Um, because along those same lines, you know, we've been seeing how much can they possibly stretch up the Halo for for their top-end graphics card, you know, whether it's the, the TI model or the, the Titan card. How high are they willing to push that number and how high are, will, are consumers willing to go to pay for that number? Um, with the 10 series card, that was a bit of a push already because the 980 Ti was only 500 bucks. It was a $400 for the 980, it was uh, $500 for the 980 Ti, if memory serves correctly. Um, when the 10 series came out, the 1080 came out for 500 bucks or you know, $499 for the Founders Edition and then $599 for the non-Founders add-in board partner card when they were undercutting all the board partners and all the board partners got pissed off, even though EVGA makes half of the Founders cards. <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, and people went, $600? It's not even the TI. What are you doing? And then the TI came out and it was $700. At, or $700 or $800. People went, that's just absurdly expensive. But the enthusiasts still bought it, and they went, I wonder if we can do it again. And so all of a sudden, the 2000 series comes out, and coupled with the bad binning from RTX cores, and the fact that they wanted to change their naming scheme and move the products up a peg in, in perception, all of a sudden your 70 series card went from $350 to $500. And your 80 series card went from five or $600 to $800. And your TI series card went from seven, $800 to $1,100 starting price. There are 1080 TIs or 2080 TIs out there that are $1,400. Look no further than like the Zotac Lightning or MS Zotac or MSI or whichever, whichever one built the Lightning card. Sorry, they never sent me a review sample, but I would, I would have gotten it right had I had one on hand. Um, but, uh, I think they're going to do the same thing again. Because if you look at the CUDA core counts of the cards that have been released, um, you've got... Here's the list of the 10 series cards. And this core right here under... Or this, this column right here under core config is the CUDA cores for each of the graphics cards that are listed here. And if we scroll all the way down to the bottom, you can see the... 1070 has 1920 CUDA cores, and then the 1080 has 2560. And then the TI has 3584, which is a pretty substantial increase. I mean, there, there's only a, you know, a 20% increase from, from these two. There's an even more substantial, there's 25%, 25-30% between uh, the 1080 and the 1080 TI. Okay, well, let's go to the 20 series. And remember, keep the 70, 80, and, and, and 80 Ti slash 90 series on your brain. Uh, let's look at the the cores for those. Uh, and 
course they change. Oh, here we go. Shade processors. CUDA cores. Um, so here's the 2070. Oh, look, 2304, uh, which is almost the same number of CUDA cores as the 1080, which had 2560. Oh, look, we have the RTX 2080, which has 2944, which is kind of right in between the 1080 Ti and the 1080. Then we have the 2080 Ti, which saw almost a thousand CUDA core increase from the 1080 Ti. However, notice these two only saw like two, 300 from their predecessors. Um, but the pricing jumped up a tier. And so the 70 series card became the 80 series card and the 80 series card became the TI card. And then they came out with a more expensive TI card. Well, let's look at the video cards, latest numbers for predictions for CUDA cores. Hey, look, the 3070 is going to have 2944 CUDA cores. Well, if we go back to the 10 series, we can look and see that the 1080 had 2560 CUDA cores. Huh, so they increased the CUDA cores of the 80 series card by 400, and they're calling it a 70 series card now. Hey, look, the 3080 is gonna have 4352, or almost exactly what the 2080, ha 2080 Ti has. Hey, look, the 3090 has more CUDA cores than a Titan Volta. <laughs> it's gone up almost another thousand CUDA cores, whereas these have marginal improvements at best. So they are doubling down on how far can we push that Halo product out there? How much can we get consumers to spend? And if we start naming our pretty expensive cards already at four, five, six hundred, eight hundred dollars um, as, well, this is the average card that you'll see out there. Whereas before, maybe that was 199 to three to 350 bucks. Now their average card might be $700 for the 70 series graphics card. So, um, I don't know if you're going to be able to compare apples to apples, generation to generation. Because, I mean, you're going to see all the charts of it when the benchmarks start rolling out. You're going to see charts of, you know, hey, how, how much faster is the 3080 than the 2080? And how much faster is the 3090 than the 2080 Ti? They're not the same cards. They're not the same brand of cards. They're not the same market. They're, they're different tiers of graphics cards. Um, and they're going to be more expensive. If the $1,400 price point turns out to be true for the 3090, I will be shocked. And I mean shocked. I will dice this hat up and eat it. I think the cheapest 3090 you're going to see is maybe $1,800 though. Because NVIDIA knows they own the market right now. And when you own the market, you can push Halo products up and you can charge whatever you want for them. And the enthusiasts will pay it because it's the only thing out there that will be the best of the best. If AMD had a competing graphics card, I guarantee you that $1,400 price point would probably be accurate. In fact, NVIDIA might even come out at $1,200. But NVIDIA owns the market right now. And until AMD can be competitive again, and, and I mean really competitive top to bottom, not come out with a $400 graphics card that wows the market, but NVIDIA has something at $350 that's 80% as good and $500 that blows the doors off it, you're not going to win. You're not going to win hearts and minds. So I think $2,000 is probably going to be pretty spot on. 
And by the way, I've already emailed all of my industry contacts saying I want to do uh, release day coverage for these new graphics cards. And I've, I've received a number of responses from number one, no response, to number two, I don't know anything about that yet, to number three, I can't wait to give you these cards. They are so awesome. They are ready to go. I can't say anything yet, but it's just like, okay, two of you were lying. <laughs> and I love you guys anyway, because you're PR guys and, and I, I know you have, you have to play company line. <laughs> but it's just funny when you ask the same question to three people and get three different answers when you know they all have the same information. Uh. Uh, anything else to add to Halo products, Rat? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Halo products is your jam. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, tell I'm telling you, I'm still going to buy an Audi R8 one day. <laughs> <laughs> I love your dedication to it. Although, I'm really irritated that the C8 Corvette came out. I'm so irritated by it. Because the mid-engine rear-wheel drive uh dual clutch transmission has always been the super high-end italian you know high-end german like that's our thing that's why you buy our cars that's why you buy a ferrari or a, or a lamborghini that's why you buy a huracan or an f430 scuderia that's why you buy these insanely expensive cars you know starting at four hundred thousand dollars that's why you buy an lp640 that's why you buy all these other things. And then Chevy has the audacity to not only bring out the Corvette with a mid-engine rear-wheel drive and dual-clutch transmission, they also make a convertible as standard. Um, they also have what looks to be very, very highly competing build quality, which has never been Corvette's mantra. Um, if you've ever watched Top Gear and you've watched Jeremy Clarkson poke on the back of the Corvette and watch the whole body flex, it... Build quality has never been at the top of Corvette's mind. It's always been about how fast can we go from zero to 60? Oh God, there's a corner. Um, and all of a sudden I hate myself because I really want to see a Corvette. And I also know that they just screwed up the used market for the Audi R8 and similar cars that were starting to come down into a price point where maybe two or three years from now, I could fathom dropping a little bit of money onto a car, which I've never considered before um and now those cars are going to sit at that upper price point because the c8's below it and obviously a used audi r8 is better than a c8 corvette that's what the market's going to say and that ticks me off <laughs> well you shouldn't have waited so long yep should have pulled the trigger yep should have. Should have just bought that R8 when I had the chance. Uh, we can crowdsource it for you. Yeah, there you go. I hear crowdsourcing is the way to go. Just uh, say it's a nonprofit and then take it and, you know, buy what you want. How political are we getting tonight, Rhett? <laughs> Not political at all. There's nothing political about <laughs> about creating a nonprofit and winning favor with someone who maybe maybe holds a political office and 
I mean, is there a left or a right to just committing crime? <laughs> Ooh. Well, going purely off arrest records of previous administrations. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it does seem that way. See, the answer I was going for was no, it's not political. We can talk about... <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know it is political. <laughs> right. It's political. Um, uh, let's see. Someone's dream car. Uh, American Cosworth. Dream car. Subaru H6 Twin Turbo Forester. That's not a bad dream car to have. 1987 Buick Grand National GNX. Ooh. I'm not a fan of many American cars. Um, there's some in there. There's definitely some cars that I am I am a fan of. But it's it is vastly few and far between. Uh, Grand National GNX, I'm a fan. <laughs> I am totally a fan of that car. Um, yeah. Um, before the show, so I also mentioned I've been camping for the last four days. So before the show, I was getting caught up on news from the last couple of days because I, um, I. Made a couple of posts on Twitter, but I really didn't scroll through Twitter. Um, I watched the Blazer game streaming from my campsite on Sunday night uh, or Saturday or Monday night, I guess it was. Um, so I had my my MacBook and my Google Fi phone set up as a hotspot. And so I'm uh, streaming from Hulu at a glorious 750 kilobit per second. Um because uh we were like on the edge of LTE and sometimes it would cut down to 3G and go to hundred kilobyte. Or kill a bit, and yeah. So I kind of watched the game, but uh, yeah. So I was getting caught up on the news, and man, has there been some news in the last couple of days. Don't know if I want to get into it, but sure. let's just say I was. Dis- yeah. Displeased, disappointed, and yet still somehow not shocked at all at things that have transpired in the last couple of days. Nope. So, but what I will say, bravo NBA, bravo Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, great move. I'm, I'm totally done for that. Bravo Kenny Smith, bravo Shaquille O'Neal uh, for their statements uh, uh, this evening, just a couple hours ago. Um, this isn't my platform to, well, it is my platform, but this isn't, you know, really what I make my platform about, but dang it. If that, if those two comments over about six minutes doesn't just sum up everything. So I don't know if you saw it, Rhett, but. Yep. I did. Yeah. Just before we started uh, rolling too, I saw that the, the blazers are joining uh, symbolically with uh, the bucks and all that. So. Yep. Yep. Seems like a lot of, a lot of uh, teams are probably going to roll that way. So. Yep. Exactly. So bravo NBA, uh, bravo Milwaukee for getting that ball started. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's about as political as I want to get for the night. I want to take everyone. Yeah, go for it. Just a quick second, because hearing your plight about trying to stream the game, doesn't that (laughs) make you miss Brian Wheeler? Oh God. Yes. Oh man, there was nothing better than listening to the games on the radio. And it's just not the same. No. 
no one calls a game like Wheels. No, and no offense to Travis Demers, who does a, a mighty fine job. Um, but but yeah, no one has the the panache of a Brian Wheeler calling a calling a Blazer game, especially you know big moments and and things like that. The man cried during Lillard's you know point three during uh, against the Houston Rockets you know, yeah. five years ago now. Yep. Like oh, he he was just like crying. Yep. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. That was one of my favorite radio calls of all time. I mean, you, you can put that up with, uh, you know, Kenny Wheaton's going to score for, for Oregon fans. I'm sure there's some Oregon fans listening, I'm sure, who, who know know what I'm talking about. Uh, when Oregon won the Rose Bowl for the first time, Jerry Allen, uh, or, you know, won the first Rose Bowl since 1917. And Jerry Allen giving the radio call that we are, in fact, going to win the Rose Bowl. Chills. Just chills but Shanley was better Shanley was definitely very very good I I liked Shanley and and Shanley has a lot of the same charisma that Brian Wheeler has and uh and I think that's what made both of them very very successful um I I loved you know uh Bill Shanley's calls um I loved Brian Wheeler's calls I'm hoping one day I will love Travis Demers calls but he's he's got some big cojones to fill following up those two and what has been the only two radio announcers ever for the Trailblazers. So you've got 50 years of history to try to make your own very, very quickly. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just made me think of it. Your, your struggles trying to keep your LTE stream going. <laughs> yep. I was like, man, I always loved being out and about when the Blazers were playing just so I could listen to the radio. Yep. Yeah, driving driving home from work. If it was an East Coast game, I'd get to listen to Brian Wheeler on the way home on the radio every single time, and uh, that was always just a joy. My brother in law, we would drive around and go play shows with our band, and uh, that was that was our thing was listening to the Blazers. Yep. He also had season tickets at the Rose Garden, so he would pay all of his debts by bringing people to the games. So you just constantly tried to indebt him to you. <laughs> well you know i did give you that half a beer one night when uh <laughs> oh, bro that's worth at least a game right that's that's at least one i mean maybe not maybe not a you know maybe not a beat la but at the very least a clippers <laughs> yeah it's worth the clippers all right a half a beer <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny you know, i hear that i hear the pacers are in town he had uh, he had one person he took with him to all the Lakers games, so I never <laughs> on that, no matter how hard I tried. Yep. Like the first time I ever brought her, we beat the Lakers, so I can never not bring her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, let's move in to uh, some other news here. Um, Let's see. Oh, I think at this point, everyone knows that NVIDIA is also going to be making a new uh, power supply connector with 12 pins and a low profile connector because apparently we were running out of room on graphics cards and they needed to throw the industry a curveball. So NVIDIA took it upon themselves to create a new graphics card standard uh, for connectors. So everyone for the next year and a half is going to have adapted power supplies with probably some janky ketchup and mustard cable because NVIDIA doesn't want to spend more than $1.79 on it. Um, 
So you're going to have two 8-pin cables coming out from your PC into this janky little adapter to plug into a 12-pin connector. So, yeah. Good luck with that. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Can't wait to see my builds coming up. <laughs> have I done the null modem story already? Nope, that's two away. Uh, so, first up is this. Uh, Apple has released a statement uh, following the partial injunction given by the judge in the in the Epic versus Apple case with the removal of Fortnite from the Apple App Store uh, because Epic was circumventing App Store policies by collecting their own money. Um, so for those who don't know the full story, Fortnite was on iOS. They decided to ch uh, basically implement their own in-store purchases uh, circumventing the App Store and making sure Apple doesn't get a 30% cut of, uh, of proceeds from DLC purchases inside of Fortnite. So Apple responded by uh, kicking Fortnite off the App Store and then subsequently banning uh, Epic Games and by extension Unreal Engine from their development tools inside of the App Store and, and on iOS. Um, which could actually jeopardize gaming as a whole because Unreal is one of only three or four game engines for iOS that supports Metal API, which is their low-level direct metal connection API engine. Um, so Epic took them to court saying that Apple has a monopoly on their ecosystem. And I agree with that statement um, because Apple's never gotten a... 30% cut of my Netflix subscription or my Amazon Prime or, uh, you know, I've never been asked for a 30% commission on anything I buy from Amazon. Uh, they don't get a cut of my, you know, YouTube premium subscription. They, <laughs> they don't get a cut of, you know, music that I owned. So you can't monetize everything 100%. And if you do, you're locking out a good chunk of the consumer base, especially when there are literally billions in your ecosystem, billions of active users. Um, so uh, a judge or Epic asked for an injunction against Apple saying that they had to reinstate Fortnite onto the App Store until a judgment was reached. Uh, the judge rejected the injunction request, stating that uh, Apple at the moment is within their right to... Uh, remove the app from the store because it does violate policy and it's unclear if it violates antitrust laws. But uh, here's the direct uh, statement. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, they also uh, told Apple that they cannot keep uh, Epic Games from having access to development tools on the App Store because the Unreal Engine is used by various other companies. And doing so would harm the ecosystem as a whole and not just Epic Games. Um, so Apple's statement is as such. We thank the court for recognizing that Epic's problem is entirely self-inflicted and is in their power to resolve. Which is lawyer speak for they did this themselves, nanana boo boo. Um, an Apple spokesperson told CNBC, our first priority is making sure App Store users have a great experience in a safe and trusted environment, including iPhone users who play Fortnite and who are looking forward to the games next season. We agree with Judge Gonzalez Rogers, uh, 
that the sensible way to proceed is for Epic to comply with the App Store guidelines and continue to operate while the case proceeds. If Epic takes the step that the judge recommends, we will gladly welcome Fortnite back into the iOS family. We look forward to making our case in the in court in September. End quote. Um, yeah, there's a lot to digest in that statement. Um, I think we'll start with, we agree with the judge that uh, the sensible way to proceed is for Epic to comply with the App Store guidelines and continue to operate while the case proceeds. However, those guidelines are the very thing that Epic is protesting, um, saying that they don't think Apple has proper legal footing to force you into a monopolistic App Store. Um, and while Apple themselves in the smartphone market do not by definition have a monopoly. They don't control 80% or more of the market share. They control about 40% of the market share. But that being said, economy of scale also comes into play. And that's been my argument. When you have billions of users and trillions of dollars potentially trillions of dollars at play. Remember, Apple is now the first company in history valued at over $2 trillion. Um, you have to kind of throw that old convention out the window. Um, this is not a mom and pop operation. This is the largest company the world has ever seen. Um, this is, uh, uh, you know, we guarantee Apple users the right to a safe and trusted environment. And also one that we can generate a 30% cut without having to lift a finger. Um, because that's Apple's standpoint. Now, to be perfectly clear, Apple doesn't care about you. And neither does Epic. Epic is not fighting a battle based on the what is right and, and morally just. They're basing the right off. We don't want to give Apple a 30% cut either. <laughs> but I think Epic is right in this case. And I've said that for quite a long time. Um, you cannot dictate what happens on a user's device that they have purchased. Apple, you have sold a consumer a device. You no longer own that device. The consumer owns the device. The consumer gets the choice to decide what is a safe and trusted op, you know, environment to make purchases on. The consumer gets to decide what software they choose to run on, on what device. The consumer gets to decide if they feel comfortable going to the shop down the street to replace their screen in less than 30 minutes in a mall kiosk, or if they would rather send it into Apple to have Apple repair the device. Oh, sorry, Apple doesn't do that. Um, it's, it's up for the consumer to decide if they want to upgrade components inside of a Mac. It's up to the consumer to decide what they want to do with their own hardware. Consumer Rights 101. And Apple is so anti-consumer rights, as are a lot of hardware companies these days. Um, you, you look at Apple's the number one uh, booster for putting down right to repair legislation. It's because they want to make money at every step of the way. Not only do they want to make money at the sale, 
They want to make money on the use of the device. They want to make money on the data they collect from the device. And then they want to make money when you decide to recycle that device and upgrade to the new device, which they make money on the first party sale again. Um, that's what Apple cares about. Apple cares about making money. And, and we should all be concerned about this, not just in a tech standpoint. Right. I think that continuing to reinforce the idea that Apple is entitled to operate this way leaks into all aspects of our lives. We do yes. not have the right, at least from where I'm sitting here in North America, to just exist without hemorrhaging money anymore. Um, you know, anything that I want to do, I must spend money and that's fine, but it trickles all the way down to how and where we spend our time. I can spend my time at home generally for free because I pay rent here. But if I wanted to go downtown and sit on the same street corner, I guarantee you a police officer would talk to me probably within a few hours. If I wanted to go and, and sit at the park for however long, they would definitely kick me out at least by the time it got dark. Yep. The only uh, One of the only places that you can just exist without hemorrhaging money is like the library. And that has like, you know, hours of operation, all this sort of stuff. It even extends down. And you know, one time I was working this job and I was down to like my last five bucks and I had to drive down uh, Southern Oregon and I slept in my car and I was on a public street and I was woken up by three separate private security guards who said I couldn't park there on the public street. This city is now in na nationwide news for being assholes about this sort of thing. Um, and this was years ago, but mm -hmm. it's this mindset that everything you need to do and be nickel and dimed. Yep. And I, I've, I've talked about this briefly on the show before, but um, the amount of money it costs to live in the modern day is exponentially more expensive than it was 30 years ago. Yeah. And and I don't mean that by just, oh, there's a wage gap now, or oh, there's this, or oh, there's that. Let's just talk what it actually takes to exist in the modern day, okay? Um, because if you look 20 years, let's say living in 2000, okay? Let's compare just 2000 to 2020. Good. Okay. Um, how much did you pay for a cell phone in 2000? Um, I didn't. Right. <laughs> you didn't need one. Yeah, I didn't have a your cell, cell phone. phone was not an extension of yourself. It was not your daily life. It was not your sole communication source in most instances to everything that you know and everyone that you know and every aspect of your life being controlled in in that device or in that cloud or in those services. A cell phone was a phone. And if you needed one, you could have one. And it was like 40 bucks a month. And you could make phone calls on it. Yep. Okay. Um, what is expected now is number one, you're expected to have 24-7 communication, regardless of your job orientation, who you are, who 
what you do. Everyone has a phone. Everyone is connected all the time. Um, and everything that we do almost necessitates that cell phone. Almost every aspect of your daily life necessitates a cell phone. And here's what gets me, even paying in some places. I was in a place before COVID and, oh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I was in a, I was in a place before everything. Too late. Running and uh, they're like, we only accept uh, Google Pay or Apple Pay. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never used it ever. I just turned around and left. But yeah. Um, yeah, I might have used it had I considered that that was a thing mm-hmm. ahead of time and had it like set up. I still haven't used it ever. But let's let's break this down into something that a lot of people will will understand. Even even the naysayers that say, "Well, you can still exist without a cell phone." Okay. Let's... Number one, try getting a job. You try to fill out applications and get yourself a job without the use of a cell phone. Number one, okay? Number two, let's say I need to do some grocery shopping. Well, in 2000, if the Safeway was close to you, you would go to a Safeway and you'd buy groceries, right? Now, we'll fast forward a couple of years and all of a sudden they started requiring the Safeway club card so they could price gouge you in between and you'd get some items for the same price as Walmart or some other discount stores but then they'd charge you 250% markups on other items because, well, while I'm here, I might as well grab this. Ooh, that's more expensive. That's okay. I don't have to drive to the other store now. And I'm saving all of this money on my Arizona green teas. Exactly. Okay. Fast forward to today. You don't even get the, sh- the, the price on the shelf unless you have the Safeway app and you sign up for those discounts and that is linked to the card. There is no way to pay shelf price at Safeway grocery stores without the cell phone, which means, yeah, you can exist if you don't mind paying a 300% markup. Um, I was having this conversation in the car with my wife today um, about, I refuse to shop at Safeway anymore. And it, it's been boiling for a while, but it reached a boiling point this weekend because we were out camping, okay? Uh, we forgot a couple of things and we needed another bag of ice. So I drove 15 miles to the closest store, which happened to be a Safeway in a town that I despise. And uh, and it's the only grocery store, shocker, because Safeway bought out every other grocery store. Um, but I drove into this grocery store. I bought a bag of ice. I bought two things of shredded, uh, of uh, cubed hash browns, frozen cubed hash browns. I bought a bag of cheese and I bought a thing of bagels. It was $38. Yeah. Okay. Now, those bagels I'm very familiar with because those bagels, I spent $1.99 at at uh, Walmart for them. $1.99, Franz's White Bagels, okay? $4.99, 250% markup. It is nothing but extortion. It is nothing but highway robbery. And that's the way Safeway operates. But if I wanted to get the, the markdown price, which was only $2.50, which by the way is still a 25% markup, um, if I wanted to get the shelf price, which was $2.50, I have to have the Safeway app, which I didn't have. And I have to have a Safeway club card, which I didn't have. So I paid $38 for what probably should have been $16 worth of groceries. See, and it's the same thing. Safeway's trying to do the same thing that Apple is doing, where they're roping you into their... By the way, ice was $4 a bag. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. 
I've never spent more than 250 on a bag of ice before. I can go to the freaking plaid pantry where you're paying for convenience and it's a buck 99. Right. Like a right. four and a half pound bag, which is still kind of expensive, but. Right. But uh, this is the whole thing, man. It's, it's wild. And our money is our voice. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice where it goes, but every single day that choice becomes more and more constricted. I mean, when you look at those charts, you know, I think they go around on social media as kind of like meme. They're like, here, mm-hmm. freedom of choice looks like, and it's like 10 companies own every single brand. You're not wrong. That You think that you're like supporting something, but you're actually supporting Coca-Cola or you're right. actually supporting Nestle or you're right. actually supporting whatever. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know. PepsiCo, I, Nabisco. Right. I Disney. Try- I try to shop here uh, on the West Coast at Winco's because it's employee owned. Mm-hmm. Go and load my card up, load it, and like get a month's worth of groceries, like two hundred bucks. Right. I have been doing the order online trunk pickup thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Walmart is better, obviously, but I also hate Walmart as an idea. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's try Safeway. I get $30 of groceries because that's the minimum. And it's less than a grocery bag of groceries. I walked out with one grocery bag for $38 while I was camping. Yeah. And it was the only choice in town. It was the only place to buy groceries. And the price on the shelf would have dropped by literally a full 50% had I had the Safeway app. Now, the only way to get the Safeway app is if I have a smartphone. And the only way to get a smartphone is if you either join one of the one of the big two carriers, which anymore is AT&T or Verizon, if you live in the States. Yeah, there's the T-Mobile Sprint merger, and then there's Google Fi, if you have Google Fi in your area. I happen to have Google Fi. I but do. my, yeah. But the fact is, you cannot live without that cell phone anymore. You can't. That's yeah, it's wild. You can't live without internet at home anymore. No. Internet is I mean, it's a necessity anymore. And and I was yeah. arguing with somebody about this. I can't remember where or why for the life of me I blocked it out because it's a stupid argument to make. Well, the internet is necessary. Y'all y'all generation like to sh- to spend money on you. Just go to the just go to the store and shake hands and ask for an application. You know what happen you know what happens if you go to a Burger King or a Reebok or whatever store you happen to go apply for right now? They'll say go to our website slash careers and fill out the application online. Yeah. There are some stores that do paper apps, but I can okay, off the top of my head, I can name two in our town. Two that I know for certain only because I see them on the counter and that's it. Everybody else, Walmart ain't doing paper apps. Walmart hasn't done paper apps for 15 years. You gotta take a test too when you apply. (laughs) You take a a psychological evaluation when you apply for Walmart. When I was was just- And that's still who makes it to the top of that. When I was just out of high school- (laughs) No offense. About this on the game devs quest this because somebody, one of, one of our listeners was saying that he was applying for his first ever job. I'm pretty sure he like lives in Belgium. So, and he, mm-hmm. I think he could be 18 by now. When we first, when we first started Game Devs Quest, he might've been like 15 or 16, but he's like, I'm applying for my first ever job. We're like, dude, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. Brought back all these memories. When I started applying for jobs, I kept a spreadsheet because, you know, this was the great recession. 
And I applied for over 800 jobs. I interviewed over 100 times. And all of these applications, this was what blew my old man's mind because he was like, well, you got to do paper apps and you got to do this and shake hands. It was all online. And most people didn't want paper apps. They didn't want to shake hands. So I filled nope. out all things online. Especially now they don't want to shake your hand. God, no. See, that I'm like, are you going to miss that at all? You going to miss the handshaking thing if that never comes back? No. Right? No. It's so weird that I wasted so much time getting good at something. <laughs> Skull says anyone else lost track of the Jeff Rett rant counter? What's the score sitting at right now? That's what I want to know. No, we're going we to both we've both had some pretty good ones already. We're going to have to go back through the uh, the podcast available wherever you get your podcasts or anchor.fm. We're also on Spotify, Google, um we're on a lot of places. Uh, I, I think I'm available at about 20 different pod last, podcast locations last I checked. We're on the iTunes store, then. If we're on Google, we're on iTunes. We're on I think we're on iTunes, yeah. Uh, Funky Monk does that, right? Is he here? He can tell us. Yeah, yeah, Funky Monk. By the way, again, uh, kudos to Funky Monk for getting our podcast up and going. Dude, it's the way I listen to the episodes I'm not a part of anymore. It's kind of nice. I noticed you're not in chat. Well, <laughs> nobody said anything to me. Uh, just kidding. doesn't matter. See, if I yeah. used to want to show everybody I was there, I'd leave a super chat. But, you know, why would I do that anymore? <laughs> By the way, none of this wage talk or, or modern convenience of, or modern requirements was in our notes. It's just kind of where it led us. This is, but this is what Apple does to me. Yeah. And this is what this is what the modern world does to me. I think about this all the time. I like to shop at Winko's because it's employee owned. The money goes into the pockets of the employees. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I heard this once. I don't know how true it is. Somebody can fact check me and I welcome it. That if you start at Winko's out of high school, that you could conceivably retire as a millionaire. Yep. That is not the case at a Walmart. That is not the case at a other comparable store. Um, you know, maybe Costco, if you're smart with your money and you're, and you're investing the right ways, like maybe mm -hmm. but Winco, like part of your employee owned thing is that like your money is going into the business and it's growing the business and you have stocks and investments within Winco itself. Um, and so when you shop there, you're like supporting real careers and like real job growth and real economic opportunities in your cities. Uh, that can't be said of Walmart where you shop at Walmart and suddenly when you're looking at the crime maps of your city, suddenly the crime rate skyrockets by 9,000%. I'm not even kidding. That is a real statistic from Lebanon, Oregon, yep. small rural town here that greatly benefited in many ways from having a Walmart, but also greatly suffered because of it. I mean, like yeah. literally police interactions skyrocketed when this freaking Walmart came, uh, break-ins in the area, vehicle, uh, crimes skyrocketed. Uh, you know, granted like property crime is, is like the thing in Oregon. It's not really, really violent crime, but, all this to say, for God's sake, if we could just exist without having to constantly have subscriptions or constantly have services, utilities or whatever, just hemorrhaging money. Like you cannot live mm -hmm. without bringing in money anymore uh, because 
to just live costs money. Yep. I mean, you're sitting there and you're like, well, I got my shell phone and it's a prepaid thing. It's like, dude, they're collecting all this data on you. All of your apps are collecting data. They're selling your information. I mean, and, that and I think to be clear, existing has always cost money. The problem is what's required to exist now is much, much higher. It's a much higher bar than it ever has been. Because we're we're trapped within the confines of the system that they're perpetuating. The 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 system has been created, and I, I know I sound a little tinfoil hatty here, but uh, but bear with me. The system has been created where our reliance is now on the technology that we carry with us all the time. And um we also we also have a lot of costs hidden from us now as far as how much does it cost to spin up a Netflix or a YouTube or you know, a safe way. There's also obfuscation of who owns what and who are you giving your money to? All uh, Safeway buying Albertsons and renaming all of, you know, and then c continuing on both lines. So now you have Safeway and Albertsons stores existing depending on which one had a better name in what town. Um, but Safeway owns something like 70% of all grocery stores in the US or something like that. And the reason they make their money is the same way that JCPenney made their money. It's that they put items on sale all the time and jack the price up of items that aren't on sale. And so, well, I'm here to buy my cheese because I saw it was $3 for a giant brick of it, and God, I do love my cheese. But while I'm here, I might as well do the rest of my grocery in. And you walk out the store with what you would normally spend $200 at a Winco at, and you've left the store for 600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Easily. And, and, and I know I'm picking on Safeway here, it's but gross. every company does this. Apple does this. There's a reason Apple and Epic are at court right now. It's because Epic doesn't want to pay a 30% premium because they'd rather take their own, you know, 20% cap off the top of their own store um, or 10% is, is all Epic does, um, which is very gracious of them. <laughs> but uh, but Apple wants their 30% cut and Epic doesn't want to pay it because they don't think they should. And by law, I don't think they should either. But you have a, you have a multi-billion dollar company fighting against a multi-trillion dollar company and in the end, hopefully the consumers will win in this one. Hopefully we'll end up with some more competition in the mobile space. Doubt it. But I doubt it. I mean, maybe. It, it, it is possible that this could go the right way. But it hasn't in a long time with companies like this. Mm -hmm. companies like this. And it seems as though the judge of this case has like a keen sense for business, just like you got really loud really quick. Wow. No, that's my fault. I did touch my knobs because somebody was saying I was too quiet. I was like, I'll just, is that better? No, like mid sentence right there. Oh, I didn't touch yeah. it. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I got all the background. Like it went, it was weird. <laughs> no good. Yeah. By the uh, way, I offered to give Rhett a microphone this last week and I completely forgot to take it over to him. So this is completely my fault that his audio still sucks. Hey. Holy <laughs> <laughs> microphone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to our next story. Uh, although we've been keeping a consistent audience in this conversation, which shocks the hell out of me. Because everybody hates getting swindled. Everyone hates getting swindled, but it's happening to happening to us all the time, and it's happening with with much more regularity. Um, and 
Um, you know, speaking of like an Audi R8 and an RTX 3090, if I still had a full-time job, I might be inclined to, to think about something like that. You know, I was, I was doing pretty well for myself. I've, I've now come back down to earth <laughs> as far as what I'm making per month. Um, but, uh, hopefully we'll be back up there one day, but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I've never been one to, I will certainly spend the money when necessary, when, when I deem a product worthy of spending that much money on, but I'm sorry, going to Safeway and buying a pound of cheese is not worth $9.99 and buying bagels is certainly not worth five bucks because they're $2 elsewhere. The same bagels. And yeah, I'm pissed off over having to spend $5 on bagels during my camping trip. Look, there is something to be said about, you know, tightening your belt, as it were, and mm -hmm. like living a little bit with means or a little bit more modestly. Yeah. It should not mean that you have to starve. And sometimes a $9.99 block of cheese means that some families starve. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, Nobody should have to worry about food and like Safeway gouging people when they claim to be like the freaking budget brand is just garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. All of the budget brands anymore. I mean, the cost of food now compared to when I struck it out on my own is higher. It's insanely higher. But it's much higher. Yeah. I mean, it's just, again, there's something to be said about make and do. It's kind of fun, in my opinion, to like figure out where you can cut corners, figure out your budget brand, figure out all that sort of stuff. But like, it's also garbage when people have no choice. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I could go here all all day. So let's just. Yep. Yep, I was trying to transition out, and, and I got sucked back in, and then you got sucked back in. I was like, no! Your fault. Get out of the tar! <laughs> Keep swimming! This this is a trap for me. This is it is. I know. It, it is for me, too, because it's 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 always been something that I've disagreed with on on that level of things, you know. Um, but yeah. I also have to live in this world. I have to go shop at some of these places. Now, I was telling my wife, we're done shopping at Safeway. I'm done. And I'm done because of $5 bagels. You know what? I will join you. Thank you. Thank you. I cast my lot in with yep. you, sir. Yeah. The closest Winco now is literally the furthest grocery store away from me. I can go to any other grocery store. Winco's the furthest away. I will go to Winco from now on. Hey, well, um, got one. Yeah, it's far. <laughs> it's far. <laughs> got one kind of out here south. That's yeah. Is the one out northeast? Yeah, there, there's the northeast one. There's the one in the south. They're about the same for me. Yeah, I guess so. And 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 neither of them is Safeway or Roths or Walmart or Costco. Because <laughs> no. those are all a lot closer. Well, Costco's got to be about the same distance for me, right? Costco's about the same, I guess. Yeah. But the Walmart's the Roth. I mean, you got a Roth like right. Through. Okay, let's see if we can reconnect. Hey, there we're green. We're green again. All right, I think we might have might have fixed it. Oh, we're not doing the tech show anymore. No, all of a sudden I'm back to seven and a half. I think we're good. Let's see if it kicks back on on live. 
Yeah, I said Tim Apple, but because of the drop frames, they were like, they thought I said, praise Tim Apple. Yep. Looks good. Better. Okay. I think we're back up now. Ah! Whew. So speaking of, uh, you know, evil corporations, Comcast decided my internet connection didn't need to continue for very long. And all of a sudden I'm fluctuating wildly. Like I had a solid 7.5 meg upload for a while and all of a sudden it went down to like less than a meg. Um, and now it's, and now it's like going like 12 megs, five megs, seven megs, 18 megs, zero. It's like, ugh. I'm so, you internet as a necessity. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But no, if you guys want to join me in boycott Safeway, please boycott Safeway. Are we starting a movement right here and now? Let's do it. Let's freaking do it. I'm done. Comcast and AT&T can eat it. I agree. Um, unfortunately, I can't boycott Comcast because they're the only provider that gives me more than three megabit in my area. But hey, I have choices. But how garbage is that? Like, yeah. you want to talk about ISPs and, like, their weird monopolies. Yep. It's garbage. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, welcome to Talking Heads, episode 147.5. Once we live, show the latest in beer and tech news. All right. Let's move on. We got some stories. Got we some do have some stories. Uh, so this one was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, again, I was fishing for whatever news I could find. And... Uh, Red, are you much of a fan of like '80s technology of Why not? like old uh, old old terminal servers and null modems and yes? Do you, do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Clearly, I am lacking some knowledge of old '80s technology. Okay, so we have a story from Hackaday about some guy creating a null modem for USB. Now, for those who don't know, a null modem was a serial cable that connected two computers together in a very crude peer-to-peer network. Um, basically, a serial cable works by having a TX and an RX pin, which is a transmit and a receive pin. And a null modem crosses those two pins. And so the transmit goes to the other PC's receive, and the other PC's transmit goes to your receive. And so you can talk to each other over very, very slow speeds. <laughs> um, so someone on Hackaday has gone about and decided to make whatever old new again in creating a USB null modem. That's right. You can now transfer files and send communications and keyboard inputs over ye olde terminal at speeds of USB 2.0. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> I just love, I love projects like this because there's no reason in the world for this to exist. No, there's none, but apparently enough people wanted it to exist. And one guy like made a prototype and people said, dude, I could totally use that in like X niche scenario. And so he made a small run of these little USB boards. So it's a USB micro to USB micro with some bridge chips in the middle and a couple of resistors and caps. And uh, basically doing the exact same thing where the TX and RX are crossed going to opposite machines and uh, a very simple driver where you can now send a remote machine commands and have it respond to you. 
Well done. So the eighties are alive and well on hack on Hackaday. Hey man, four hundred eighty megabit would be bananas back in the day. Yes, yes it would. <laughs> Considering I think the last time I used a null modem, I was at ninety six hundred baud. Which, by the way, that's nine point six kilobit. For those who don't speak baud. Ah, uh, did we lose Rhett? Of course we lost Rhett. Goes, oh no. Okay, there you are. Oh, I was just frozen. You were like, just frozen. I mean, in real life, like. I okay. Was... Yeah. You yeah. had me fooled. I have a bad. I have a real bad habit of doing that. I I used to like do that to people on Skype calls back in the day when Skype. Yeah. And you'd be talking, and then you're just like. <laughs> I can't say I've ever done that. <laughs> I do it too often. But see, I was sitting here like discovering what the heck was on hackaday.io. And oh, that's a good one too. And I was just like enthralled by all the really cool Hackaday projects I saw. And so my mouth hung open and I just froze in time for the camera. Yep. Have you ever just browsed Hackaday? Because it's amazing. The first time I've ever been on it. And I seriously. Yeah. This is like right up my wheelhouse. Nice. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely up mine because Sometimes they're really stupid. Sometimes they're very prototypey. Sometimes they're like, I totally hacked this thing to do something it shouldn't. Sometimes it's, I got this really old machine up and running again. And sometimes it's, I built a, I built a USB null modem because why the hell not? Yeah, no, it's great. I'm all for this. By the way, uh, Skull, $10 donation, starting RET microphone upgrade fund. Um, I already have a nice USB microphone to give to RET. So... Because if you're having trouble with the audio, it's... The you're quiet thing. again all of a sudden. It's not a microphone. It's a Sherman 58A. It's a nice microphone. It is a fan. There's something between A and B that sucks, though. Yeah, maybe my crap-ass mixer over here. I've what got, mixer is that? got an Elisis Multimix 8. Okay. Is it a USB mixer itself, or are you using some intermediary for USB? Is a USB mixer itself. Okay. Okay. So it tends to work well for things like this. Heck, yeah. I've even used it to record studio quality music. The latency leaves something to be desired. Yes, uh, I've I've done something similar. So I have a Sound Blaster K3 Plus. I have a Behringer 10 channel, and I've got one of the uh, two of the little Behringer Phono USB adapters, which are freaking awesome for thirty bucks. If you ever need one of those, um, great way to connect pretty much any mixer up to a computer and have in-out capabilities on it. Ooh, getting rid of the spit guard. I just have it on here because it helps keep out the peas and the... Yep. Yep. Everybody looks at my crappy clown nose and they're like, your microphone sucks. Yep. It kind of does. You shut your filthy mouth. I mean, I mean by comparison... No. <laughs> I, I am on an MXL 990 right now, which was really funny because I I started using this mic uh, a couple of months ago, and I had been using my Samsung uh, 902s for so long. Um, 
And I don't know if people were just like shocked with the difference in quality, but they're like, you sound like really far away and I, I, I don't understand it. And I'm like, well, maybe I just need to EQ this better because this is by far a better vocal mic. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. No, I got, I got, yeah, I got everything. You got, you got the shock mount with it? Cause yeah, yeah it's on a stand somewhere. <laughs> I can't show it. I can't, I was going to turn the camera around. Then everyone's going to judge me. They're going to be like, your office is such a mess and you're, yep. you don't have your life together. And uh, if you guys could see my table right now. <laughs> For those who enjoy uh, Epos Vox behind the scenes desk shots when he's got like 10 projects going on at the same time, that's my desk all the time. Yeah. So I'm not a clean person. I give off a very clean persona, but no. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to determine if there's a way I could just like turn the mic around or uh, excuse me, the, the camera around and show you guys. Uh, my crazy corner of chaos over here, but I just feel like I'd be judged too harshly. Yeah, too harshly. Yeah, I got the uh, I got the same mic. I've got a bunch of mics, and um, this is a it, this excels as like a live sound like vocal microphone. Mm -hmm. um, but I also use it for podcasting and things like that. Uh, it's the highest quality microphone I have. The MXL uh, 990 is great. Um, but, you know, with the baby in the next room and all these sorts of other things, you run the risk of picking up a lot of things that I don't want you to. Yes. Um, that's know, that's the problem with a true condenser like this is it gets everything. Yeah, exactly. And so I use mine quite a bit. Yeah. I even use my MXL 990 for podcasting in a live environment when, you know, I don't mind picking up some extra stuff. I use it right. to record, uh, especially, you know, acoustic and things like that. Um, when I don't mind getting some extra room ambiance. Um, but otherwise, this is my go-to just talking mic. Um, yeah. Because it does well for live sound. And uh, as far as like studio quality, you know, audio goes... It's not ideal, yeah. but it's more, yeah, you know, it's more directional. It's more, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> and they're all on arms. And by, so someone said flex. Uh, no, the flex is that my Samsung C902, which is my normal mic for recording to my camera now. Um, it's mounted on a Samsung like $200 microphone arm because I was tired of these $30 eBay jobs that this guy's mounted on. Um, so it's like, I was tired of hearing springs every time I touched it or moved it or everything else. And this one's all shock mountain. It's amazing. Um, but no, the 902, uh, for a, it's, it's a weird microphone because it's a pencil condenser. That's not a shotgun, but not a true condenser because it's a, it's a super cardioid pattern. Um, so it's semi-directional, but also kind of not, it's, it's yeah, just this weird middle ground bad. that's just good at just about everything. <laughs> yep. Mics are a weird beast. Yep. You have a hyper omni directional mic as well, but I was like, why would I use that? And make yeah. it sound weird. Well, maybe if John's doing another 360 degree video recording of uh pumpkin beer reviews, 
There we go. Yeah. That's the case. That's the use case. <laughs> I knew we'd find a good thing to use pumpkin beer for. Ah, uh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> Microphone <laughs> reviews. <laughs> That's all it's good for. That's all it's good for. Force fed me so much pumpkin beer. It's like December. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thanksgiving's over. I gotta we get- need to we need to drink these because kegs only have a three month shelf life. Uh, Moving right along, let's get into a little bit of beer news tonight before we uh, call this a night. Uh, so, Vacaville man uh, is crediting. Bud Light was saving his house from the California wildfires fires in Northern California. Um, and it's probably not for the reasons you think. It's because Bud Light functioned just as well as water in that he shook up the cans, opened them up, and then sprayed beer at the wildfires, holding them at bay and saving his house. Or so the story goes. It's like a Paul Bunyan story. It really is. I staved off the wildfire with the old bird butt lied there. Yeah. I don't know why he talks. How did how did you do it with a pair of cans strapped to each boot? See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Good. But uh, as LNU Lightning Complex fires raged around him, Little was able to keep the flames at bay by spraying cans of Bud Light, defending his house in the process. Really, I think he was about a case and a half in and realized the fire was getting a little closer than he was comfortable in his inebriated state, which was like 500 yards. And so he came charging at them with cans, stumbled through the driveway. One of them fell and started spraying and put out like a little brush fire. And he went, oh my God, I can save my house this way. That's my guess. I might be reading into the situation. Or I'm guessing. But you all have that picture in your head now. I know it. This story is fabricated by... The corporate PR team. Trying to get you to buy more Bud Light. And here I am, a craft beer channel, talking about Bud Light once again. Fell for it. But guess what? I do not believe for one second that you put this story in the notes. Yeah. Guess who did? I can. We all know who put the Bud Light story in the notes. We all know who's the fan of Bud Light around here. And it's, yeah. Not me. It's, It's not you and it's not Steve. Hmm, who could it be? Hmm. Anyway. Uh, Thomas, $10 donation. Bush launched a beer for dogs today. I really can't wait for John to try that one. Oh. Is he going to have the beef or the chicken this time? (laughs) I'd watch that video. He did a beer, a dog beer video. Did you not watch that one? No, he's got so many videos. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, no. Look up dog beer, and I think John is one of the first results because he did a review for a dog beer. Let's see how true you are. Dog beer. Nope, he's nowhere near the top. Okay, let me go hop some brews then. Apparently he's uh, not winning the... Dude, I Googled dog beer and we, Craft Computing, is <laughs> Austin Brews. This video right now. Yes. Nice. 
not even kidding. So, so one of us does better search engine optimization than the other, John. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> when his, it, the, the title of his video is literally drinking dog beer. And all I did was link mine in the video to a news story that's tangently related. Yeah, uh, that's wild. I'm a... I can't wait for John to copyright strike this one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Hops and Brews did a dog beer video review um, where he tried dog beer. Well, I believe you because he will do anything. <laughs> right? No, we love John, obviously. I'm just kidding. We love John, but he'll still do anything. Uh, let's see if I can put this in the Discord chat for all of our loyal <laughs> listeners. Where did I say? Anyway, Bush unveils a new beer for your dog. It is the Dog Brew from Bush. And uh, what flavor is it? What did they say again? Uh, by the way, Bush will be donating a dollar to the Best Friends Animal Society for every uh, case or can that they sell. Which is uh, pretty good, and it's up to $50,000. So good on Bush for doing that. Um, <laughs> Skull says, wow, before the stolen wood wall and fake brick. No, it was the stolen brick and fake wood wall. I guess a real wood wall and still stolen brick. Yeah, is that like a thing we're not supposed to talk about? <laughs> Where he got his materials from? I don't know. Uh, well, I, yeah. I mean, look, I kind of know that I got, I kind of get that that was like the aesthetic of like Capital Tap Room in a way, like not the, yeah. but like the wood thing. The wood was, yeah. But um, yeah, it was weird that like one day the videos changed aesthetic and they looked awfully like another person's videos. Just saying. <laughs> hey, you know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. That's right. That is exactly right. Um, I just love that. Um, and uh, and by the way, I'm not calling anyone out because I love that you're doing it. But all of a sudden, I'm seeing beer being integrated into tech videos, and they're trying to do a beer review at the end of the videos. <laughs> and it's it just tickles me to no end, <laughs> knowing that I've left a legacy. <laughs> Jeff can be known for one thing. Let it be this. Let it be he overclocked while drunk. That's all he wants in life. Drink beer and be merry. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, my drink over here. <laughs> all right. Well, we promised that we'd get through all of these stories and we're struggling. Yep. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts introducing a new beer made with actual donuts. That was the other story of the day. Um, and this is from, gosh. It's been three hours since I read the story. Who is this? Publication or the beer? The beer. Uh, Harpoon Dunkin' Summer Coffee Pale Ale. Yeah. Oh, no. That was the 2019. Uh, it's Harpoon Brewing and Duncan, and they have a full line of beers coming out, including a donut-infused hazy IPA. Mmm. 
confused hazy. When I'm when I want to drink a donut beer, am I drinking a hazy IPA? Hazy's not the first thing I think of when I think donuts. No, I'm thinking stout. I'm thinking porter. I'm thinking dark lager. Heck, I'm thinking wheat beer. Okay, <laughs> I'm thinking hazy IPA. Elevated system says uh, beer finds a way into a lot of my tech videos, but I just drink it straight from the bottle. I'm not even fancy enough for a class. <laughs> Dude, I was going to drink my McMinimins from a can, but unfortunately I get criticized for a lot of my beer choices lately. <laughs> right. I'm a, a glass. So I even picked an appropriate glass. My Buck William edition. Oh yeah. So what no fancy uh, tulip or anything. No, it was just a pint glass I got from Dairy Queen decades ago. Yep. Uh, Jeff, you should live stream a PC build and you have to drink one part, one beer per part. Um, That's a lot lot of beer. Um, Drink per part. Right. Consume. We also like to encourage. I've applied thermal paste. Drink. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, you have to take a drink every time you do something wrong. So you never drink. And That's then, a problem, right? <laughs> so because I'm perfect. You just drink a beer when you're all done, and you celebrate a good build. That's right. That's usually what I do. Is uh, if I'm building something on the channel, what I do is I will pour myself a beer. I will film the intro. I will drink the beer while I'm building said said uh, computer after I've introduced all the parts on camera, and then. I'll go do benchmarks or whatever else I need to do. And sometimes I'll get a second beer, um, but usually on the next day. <laughs> so a flight would be great. See, a flight would be a lot of fun. Four ounces per component. I could do that, but I'd have to find someone willing to do a flight with me or how would I source a flight right now? Because flights are a little difficult at the moment because you can't buy beer in four ounce quantities. Yeah. Why is that? Remember, did, wasn't that like a thing? Like, back well, remember pre-COVID, we could go to like bars and we could try beers in flights. Yeah, I miss that. Couldn't really bring them home with you, though. Right. I remember, like back in the day, not I don't remember this. I I wasn't around, but I remember people talking about like when your option, you're like Blitz and whatever else. Like they sold, uh, yeah, especially because in some states, like before the drinking age was like solidified to like 21, they sold like six or eight ounce cans or something. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Somebody fact check me on that. Anyway, I'm happy to be I've, I can say that I have never myself seen a six or an eight ounce can of beer. Um, although yeah. I, I know the cans themselves exist. You know, you have the the Coca-Cola minis and things like that. So somewhere someone has tooling to produce those cans. So I'm sure someone is making eight ounce beers and six ounce beers. Like the seventies. Sure. And the order, or maybe like the short beers would be like full strength. And then the tall beers would be like 3%. You know what I want to see? I want to see some of the beers that normally go into this. You know, we buy the, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stouts and the the Firestone Barley Wines and, you know, beers that are only available in bombers that are 17.5% that no one man could ever do. I want a freaking four-ounce serving of that. I want to be able to open a four-ounce can and enjoy that beer. Yeah. 
in a quantity that I would enjoy if I opened the full bomber or not. See, the bomber <laughs> is meant to be shared, I feel like. Um, it totally is, right. There's a reason I haven't opened a second beer tonight because I just literally now finished my one bomber. Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's, it, if you want to see my second beer, join us on the after show on the Discord. Link to the Patreon down in the video description. That's how you do a plug, John. <laughs> Y'all no joke, the Craft Computing Discord is one of the finest discords I'm a part of, and I am a part of many. And for less than... Not we less. know, because your Discord wouldn't shut up at the beginning of the show. Oh, were they here? No, your Discord was... I keep trying to get the GDQ people to come say hi on the stream, but I my timing must be horrible when I like tell them about it and stuff. Yeah. What? My people were here. They did it. <laughs> so I was like plugging it in the in the Game Devs Quest Discord before. Uh, yeah, you're right. But that wasn't. That was your Discord, Jeff. And yeah. Stop. And you know why? Because they are a fine collection of people talking about a fine uh, assortment of topics. Um, and uh, it costs you only a dollar a month. That's right. Heck, even I pay a dollar a month for the privilege of being there. You can too. That's right. I even charge my co-host. Can you believe that? He doesn't charge me. I just gladly contribute. I'm only contributing like a dollar a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> My mods pay to be on there too, which is amazing. By the way, you guys do a fantastic job. <laughs> I've been like more active on the Discord in the last like month than I have been in like the whole year combined. And it has been like a real pleasure, like <laughs> getting to know some of the people that I haven't like chatted with as often. Um, so thank you all for being involved in that. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's Discord, where you don't feel like muting it. Yeah, exactly. Right? so many of them so fast yeah well this is annoying <laughs> there's also been some hella great music recommendations y'all know who you are well done anyway. there's been some lower decks talk there's been uh anytime there's a free game released pretty much anywhere it's in our holodeck channel um yeah, people are on top of that yeah Yep, I've gotten a number of good deals there. Um, we got like a, we got a uh, dedicated Unreal Tournament 2004 server right now. Thanks to one of our Discord Patreons. Yes, uh, Unreal 2004 and a Minecraft server. The Minecraft server has been a thing for a while. He will be quick to point out. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, it just got thank you, Malbeth. Just got pinned to the top again, though, but. Uh, yeah, we got a Minecraft server, we got a Quake 3 server, we got a UTO4 server now, all thanks to Malbeth, uh, one of our bros there in the Discord. So y'all want to yep, yep. Unreal Tournament 2004? It is on sale on GOG. Otherwise, um, it's, it, it is DRM free. Yes. Yep, I will always buy on Good Old Games first if it's available there because I support DRM free and the right to choose and owning my content that I actually purchased. And not nickel and diamond. Every step of the way, you know who you are. That's right. Let me just buy you a good old games gift card from Safeway and we'll... <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> 
And wrapping up tonight, we do have some overclocking news. Uh, so there has been talk about Doom Eternal because the original Doom was capped at, or the original Doom, Doom 2017, sorry, uh, dating myself a little bit there. Doom 2017 was capped at about 250 FPS, which is still a pretty good tick for, for most games. Um, which leads me to question how many games are actually going to be able to take advantage of 240 hertz monitors or 360 hertz monitors now that they're coming out. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm sure they're great one-trick ponies when they're available. Um, but uh, some intrepid overclockers have taken Doom Eternal to the extremes. And when I say extremes, I say they have reached the frame limiter, which was 1,000 FPS. <laughs> Uh, so screen seen here in a screenshot. Yes, that is frame times of one millisecond. One new frame every millisecond. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. Um, so they did this on LN2, quite obviously. And uh, I believe it was a 2080 Ti. Uh, originally, they reached uh, somewhere a little over 500 FPS with conventional overclocking and then decided to... Uh, dive in and see what they could really do with it. Um, and uh, they did manage to achieve 1000 FPS on a 9700K and a 2080 Ti, both under LN2. <laughs> so if you wanna play Doom at 1000 FPS about five minutes at a time, you are more than welcome to, provided you have a VAT of LN2 at home. That's all it takes, guys. That's all it takes. Come on. It could be yours. Right. That was on a 9700K. I mean, just imagine what you could do if you bought, you know, the 1098-765-4321K. 8675309. K. KF. You don't want the one with the integrated graphics. That sucks. It's the i 9867530 <laughs> Too late. No? No one? Just me here. Everyone's gone. <laughs> Jenny? No, Billy. Billy, don't lose my number. Because you're not anywhere that I can't find you. Oh. Anyway. Yep. Doom Eternal. 1,000 FPS. Made it. An impressive feat. Um, well done, team. Here's yes. to the next <laughs> By the way, this is my favorite screenshot out of the bunch. Oh. Can't tell because I'm not running live. I'm just in there for the chat. Uh, he, he's wearing the the Doom Guy helmet while he's pouring LN2 into the pot. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if I was running live, there's a freaking delay. What you're doing to me. You're making me look like a fool. And demonetize. No, that was actually for me playing Hops and Brews videos on the, the channel earlier. He's going to take all the monetization from this video. I hope he does. That'd be a I hope he does. I hope he does. Be good for him. Maybe he can afford a full brick wall. Shots fired. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is 8 after the hour of 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. I think that's a good place to end it. Hey, wait a minute. We got one more super chat. Oh, 
from the the D ninety nine red balloons K. Ten dollars. Thank you. Thank you for the ten dollars. Ninety nine red balloons. Ninety nine red balloons. Like did the ninety nine red balloons come with the ten dollars, or did you get ninety nine red balloons for ten dollars? Or is he telling us to get ninety nine red balloons? Here's ten dollars. Go buy ninety nine red balloons. I'm confused. Gonna do. Could be any one of those. Gonna do our best. But I we, will buy 99 red balloons. Someday. Someday. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for watching episode 147 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. Make sure to like this video if you liked it and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing to keep up with my daily shenanigans. Follow Game Devs Quest or Rhett is Awesome on Twitter. That's that guy over there. Uh, if you uh, are interested in any of the game dev stuff that he has uh, or his political views. <laughs> we keep those sometimes out of the podcast. Sometimes, sometimes. Usually this is an anti-politics zone, but man, it was a politic heavy week, especially because I got the last seven days condensed into one, thanks to being camping for the last four days. So I had to digest it all. Yeah, 2020 is a political year, so yes, never gonna escape it. And if you take a day off, you're just screwing yourself in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Um, so today what I'll, what I'll equate it to is the old saying of, uh, gosh, who who was the one that said that? I'm afraid if I ever stop drinking that the collective hangover will kill me. Yeah, I don't know who said that, but I've heard That's what I equate today to, is that I stopped looking at the news for four days. I felt really good. And then I got four days of news all at once. And it was four days of 2020 news. And it's like, holy crap. I need another four days to recover from that. 2020 news is another beast. Yes. Yeah. You only got yeah. one option and it's to do what I do. It's to stay just a little drunk on the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Take it little bit by little bit, digest it and move on. That's kind of what I do. Anyway, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow Rhett at Rhett is Awesome or at Game Devs Quest. And do you have anything Game Devs Quest coming up that you'd like to pimp? Nothing uh, nothing big, no big events or anything, but I would like to pimp an ep- a recent episode that I just had uh, yes. with, uh, with a guest, Nick Alexander, who came on. I've been calling him a VR futurist. And if y'all are into the idea of VR, AR, what, what it could mean in the future, how we can begin to think about it to achieve that future, it is a really illuminating podcast. It kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the uh, obstacles we face to developing and designing properly for VR and AR. So uh, that's one of our latest episodes. If you just go to gamedevsquest.com, I'm sure that you can find the link. I'm going to have to give that one a listen because you know me and VR and, and AR. I am all about current possibilities, future possibilities, what's up and coming. Um, that's why I was on your podcast the first time. So. <laughs> We bring that up a little bit because it's kind of like what really got the gears turning for me and Taylor. And it was really exciting uh, to, to have this gentleman on. It is just the way he thinks about it was very interesting. And nice. agree with him or disagree with him, he brings up so many interesting points that need thought about in order to yeah. like the next leg of the future of VR. It's very fascinating to me. It's an Archer quote. Okay, thank you. Yeah, the collective hangover would kill me. That's Archer. 
<laughs> I should have known that. Makes sense. But it's also in yeah. a lot of things. The collective Bloody hand. Mary, blessed are you among cocktails. <laughs> yeah. uh, something, something at the hour of my death, which I hope is soon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, love Archer. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. Uh, it's been a great show. Join the Patreon down in the video description. Get access to the Discord server. We will be on the after party, or at least I will be on the after party here very shortly. I don't know. Red, are you going to join tonight? Maybe. I gotta Maybe? Start. Okay. Uh, Rhett might be there. I will definitely be there. Um, and uh, as always, we will see you in the next video next Wednesday. Cheers, y'all. Later on. <laughs>